It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later on in this episode, but I do want to talk today about SGA, about the All-Star Game and the All-Star Teams, and also touch on Kristaps Porzingis, who is sitting out and might get traded, might not get traded. We'll see what happens there and how that affects Oklahoma City, but with the all-star selection on Tuesday, Oklahoma City, for the first time since 2009, does not have an all-star on their roster. And it's a shame that SGA did not make it because I, I think that he very well should have. I think that the coaches or the interns, whoever made these selections under the umbrella of coaches, it got this one wrong. I understand the all-star game is about flash. I understand that the all-star game is about you know popularity, selling, making you watch it on TV. But SGA can do all of that. If you put him on the grand stage, SGA can do that. But instead, they're going to go back to the Zion well, uh, and, and they're going to put him in an all-star game. And Donovan Mitchell, I, I don't understand those two specifically because for Mitchell, he has not had a better season than SGA. He just hasn't. He has a better team and he has a better record, but this is not about your team. It's about individual. This is the one time where the narrative is literally only about what a singular player can do. It's not about what their teams have been doing. It's not about what their teammates are doing. It's not about anything else. You are for one moment, an isolated entity. Whenever it comes to the all-star game, you're supposed to be anyway. And And it's not supposed to be about last year. It's not supposed to be about the fact that SGA did not play well in the playoffs last year. You know, on his only chance on the big stage with Oklahoma City, he didn't play all that well. It's not supposed to be about that. It's supposed to be about only this year. And what is the, what have they accomplished in this specific season? In these 30-some-odd games? In these 29-odd games? Well, what have they done? And for Shea, he has been one of the most efficient players in basketball. He has found a way to continue to score not only at will and and efficiently, but score while being the only legitimate threat on the court half the time. I mean, think about the amount of games that George Hill has missed now. Think about the amount of games that Al Horford has missed now on the the back-to-backs and with his child, and the amount of games that Shea's missed. Those three have not really intertwined together all that much. I mean, they honestly haven't. And so SGA has always been the only threat that the Thunder have had. And even whenever those three play together, SGA has been getting double teamed. He's been having 
everyone throw everything at him. I'm not sure if it's the coaches voting for it. I'm, I'm not sure how you can look at the, your, your game plan for SGA. Your game plan for stopping the Thunder is we're going to double-team SGA. We're going to collapse on him anytime he steps a foot in the paint and not give him the respect of, okay, we're going to get him, we're going to give him the All-Star game. Because while you're doing all that, while you're double-teaming him, while you're, while you're focusing all of your energy defensively on SGA, he's posting 22 points, five rebounds, six assists. Again, not a lot of help on those six assists. On 50% shooting from the floor and 40% shooting from deep. Donovan Mitchell is shooting 43%. He's shooting 43%. And as the Jazz continue to, to knock down shots and catch fire from deep, Mitchell has five assists. Shea has 6.5. And Mitchell has four rebounds. Shea has five. I get it that Donovan Mitchell has already been part of All-Star festivities, the dunk contest, and has already you know, been on the, on the national stage for longer than SGA has. And you could say that what Mitchell does is more flashy, but I don't really think so. I think that they just do it in different ways. Uh, I think that if Shea could show you how good he is on, on this kind of stage, then he would get that reputation as well. He just has to get the chance. And so far, he's not had the chance. But I, I just don't see how, even with Donovan Mitchell's effective field goal percentage, it's 51%. Shea's is 56%. I'm not sure how you can... Look at these two guys, and with Shea having a 21.7 per and Mitchell having a 19.3 per and Mitchell having three win shares and Shea having 2.9 win shares on a team that's extremely bad, you know, comparatively to Utah. I, I don't see how you can snub SGA from this all-star game. It can be a games played thing, I guess, if you really want to factor in Shea's 25 games played compared to Mitchell's 29 games played. But SGA has been the better player in this season. Then Donovan Mitchell. And he's been the better player this season than Zion Williamson. And Zion, I know, you know in that kind of conversation, he's a forward and, and you know, it kind of be like a wild card spot, you know, for these two. But still, I think Shea's been better than Zion. This really does not change anything. And again, going to Zion, you know, his team record is not much better at all than than SGA's. I mean, they're a bad team and and he really didn't catch on until the uh, second half. I mean, the, the Pelicans are 13 and 17. Oklahoma City is uh, 12 and 19. So, uh, what what's the huge argument for Zion other than he's a more you know he's a more popular player and you know him by his first name. Like he's a first name kind of guy. I get that. And he he's just otherworldly figure for whatever the reason is. But he's not been better than SGA. Just hasn't, and I, you know, you had to have known going in, and and my my head knew this, but my heart, you know, refused to believe it. But the All Star Game is not about rewarding the best players; it's about rewarding the TNT and, and rewarding the the TV partners on how to get them the best product. And while I think that aesthetically pleasing as, as SGA's game is, and and I think that SGA could take that leap, you know, if he got this chance, and he could make himself a known commodity and make himself one of these must-watch guys if he was ever on national television or ever in an all-star game. He's not going to be able to sell the game before the game. Now, now after the game, his reputation can be different because, you know, he's going to wear something really cool to the all-star game and he's going to play really well in the all-star game. Then that can elevate him for next year. But for this year, you know, whenever you're running commercials, Vucevic, who made the all-star game, 
and SGA were not going to sell tickets and we're not going to sell, you know, wanting to stay at home that Sunday and not only stay at home, but also watch the game and not watch, you know, Netflix or something or WandaVision. It was, that was not going to happen. Zion does that. Zion's another name that can catch you and, and can get you to tune in. As sad as that is, I think that that's really the decision-making factor of it. But rewarding the Jazz for being a good team and not looking at this as, you know, who the players are and comparing them to other players is a bit ridiculous because this is not supposed to be about teams. It's supposed to be about players. The reward for the Jazz for being a good team, you know what that is? It's being the best team in the NBA record-wise. It's being the number one overall seed. It's being home court advantage throughout the playoffs. That's the reward. It's not some arbitrary all-star number where, oh, they're so good, they have to have two all-stars. It's just silly. This is about individuals. So that's the all-star take for SGA getting snubbed. The all-star, you know, the all-star ballot or the all-star rosters that were announced, I don't really have any other problems besides, you know, Mitchell over SGA and putting Zion in there. But in the Western Conference, to go along with the starters of Curry, Doncic, James, Jokic, and Leonard, it's going to be Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion Williamson. And again, SGA has been better than Chris Paul, too. I mean, Chris Paul is just on a lifetime achievement award right here, and, and they had to find a way to get a son in there, which, again, it, it should not matter your team's record at all. But Chris Paul in this season is averaging 16 points, four rebounds, eight assists on 48% shooting from the floor and 39% from deep. SGA is better in every single category. And Chris Paul is a 3.7 win shares. Chris Paul has been doing the thing again in, in, in Phoenix where he's elevating a team and he's making them a lot better and he's helping them out. And he he's done the, all the right things, but just actually watching them on the court – SGA has been better than him. And they even went head to head, folks. I, I I don't know what to what to do with that. I get it. It's a veteran. He's going to get in there, but it's kind of silly to me. And then in the uh, Eastern Conference, it doesn't really matter for the Thunder, but they still listed their reserves. Jalen Brown's in there. Uh, Zach Levine made it. James Harden made it. Jo- Julius Randle made it. Ben Simmons made it. Uh, Vosevich and Tatum uh, also were able to make it. So I, I think that you know with Anthony Davis getting hurt. There's obviously going to be an injury replacement for that. I still do not think SGA gets in there. I think that SGA is done for this year unless some people just don't go or, or get hurt, God forbid, in these next couple of days. I think that with the Anthony Davis thing, you're going to replace him with either Devin Booker or Mike Conley Jr. And Jr. really deserves it. I think he's played really well this year. I think that he deserves it. Booker, I think that Shea's still been better than Devin Booker this year. Like, I think that it's just crazy how overlooked that Shea is. And the and the biggest thing is, like, how is no one else talking about him as a snub? Like, even the snubs, Shea gets left off of the snub list on some people, and I'm just like, how? Like, Shea, is, Shea has to be right there for the All-Star. But, again, as I said yesterday, if he didn't make it, this is just the starting point for Shea. I mean, he his, his career is just getting started at 22 years old where he's never had continuity, he's never had the same head coach, he's never had the same teammates, he's never had the same anything. Uh, so he's just now starting his pathway to, to progressing and his pathway to becoming a really good player, and he's already an all-star caliber, you know, an all-star caliber player and an all-star snub. So the future is very bright for SGA. It's a shame that he could not get in there, though, in the all-star game. But I do want to tell you about the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, Michelob Ultra has 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. So 
I want to talk about a player that brought me a lot of joy this week, and I think you can tell who it is, but it's going to be SGA because since he returned from that injury, he has played in four games. And in those four games, since our last time talking here about the player of the week, he put up 24 points per game, six assists per game, three rebounds per game, while shooting 50% from the floor and 56% from beyond the arc and 82% from free throw, which is a huge improvement from wherever he started the year at and wherever he's currently sitting at right now at 78% right now on the season. So I, SGA brought so much excitement and joy. I, I cannot even describe how fun that was watching him dominate the Cavs and watching him try to pull out a win against Miami, but again, dominating the Cavs. And and all those efficiency numbers, by the way, that includes that that second game of this four-game stretch against Milwaukee, where he shot 30% from the field. 30% from the field. And he still, he still averaged 50% because of how good he was against Memphis and Cleveland and Miami. He's an awesome player to watch. He's a fun player to watch. He has brought me so much joy and so much happiness and enjoyment. It's awesome to watch him. It's also awesome to drink Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Try them out today, Michelob Ultra. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to tell you about good friends over at Locked On Today. Today in the Locked On Today podcast, Tiger Woods was hospitalized after a car crash earlier Tuesday morning. Host Pete Bukowski gives you the details. Get more of the sport news you need in less time. With the new Locked On Today podcast, subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, that was a tragic event, so go listen to Peter and his breakdown to catch you up on what happened with Tiger Woods and what, what the situation was this morning. I also want to play you a clip from Locked On Today, and this one is about the All-Star Game and the All-Star Snubs with host Noah Kozlov. The NBA announced the rest of the All-Star rosters last night, the reserves, and of course, NBA Twitter and NBA players had takes on all of it. Joining me now from rejecting the screen, Noah Kozlov. And Noah, the thing that I think is so funny when we have these conversations about the snubs is who are you going to take off? You have to take someone off the list if someone deserved to get on who didn't get on. So let me flip that the snub question. And I want to know if you think there is someone on this side of the the roster, the the reserve side, who got on, but maybe got on when another more deserving player should have been on. I don't have a, a real issue with any of the picks because, and, and I know that's not the the popular take, but the fact is, there the, the you you could really have chosen from forty guys that you could right. make the case for an all star. It's really hard to make an all-star team. That's why bonuses that when you make all-star teams are pretty high. It's really, really difficult. Back in 2013, I'm glad you brought up, you've got to ask, right, well, then who would you take off? Back in 2013, I interviewed Kevin Durant for some sponsor video, and the SI Top 10 had just come out. They just completed their Top 10. So I thought, you know what? Let me ask Kevin Durant about it. I asked Kevin Durant about it, and just the two of us. So I said, hey, I'm going to read you the Top 10, you're going to, and then you tell me who you think should be on it or who should be off it. And he said, 
I read in the top 10, he said James Harden. And I said, okay, so then who should be off? And he said Dwayne Wade. And then Dan Patrick, it became a big headline, and then Dan Patrick accused me of being part of some like marketing ploy. No, you're you're absolutely right, Peter. Like that is that's exactly what you have to do. LeBron James says Devin Booker is the most disrespected player of the league. Okay, well then who do you want to who do you want to take off? There, I mean, you could take off Chris Paul. Devin Booker is their number one option, but it's I'd certainly make the argument that Chris Paul is the one that has made that team twenty and ten but Devin Booker is their number one offensive option. So there are so many different factors at play. Yeah, and and I think that this season is unique in, in a lot of ways too because the, the, the standings are so jumbled. Yeah. It's not like we have five top teams in both conferences where you're going to go, okay, three guys have to be on from those teams. I mean, are we really even sure we know who the best team is, much less the three or four best teams? No. So – in a normal season, you go, okay, well, you know, Team X, who is leading the West, should have two or three guys. We don't have that same sort of stipulation. So do you think that's a, a factor here as to why this is more jumbled maybe than it would be in another year? Yeah, I do. But I mean, I think the Utah Jazz deserve two players. But you could make the argument that Mike Conley deserves to be on it over Donovan Mitchell. But almost at this point for Conley, it's like the badge of honor to become the best player who never made an all-star <laughs> right. team. Although Rod Strickland never made an all-star team. Mike Bibby never made an all-star team. But Rod was all-NBA second team one year. But Mike Conley hasn't been any of that. So maybe that's just that's going to be his thing from here on out. But there have only been – so we've played about 30 games. And so take the case of Jimmy Butler. You talk about just things being just so jumbled that – he didn't really play well in the very beginning, and then he was out for a long time, and he and he's only played 18 games. I know, or or 17 games, whatever it is. I know Kevin Durant's only played 19, but he's just been all world in those 19. So I, I just have a difficult time. Like when you're when you're going to be splitting hairs over guys, I'm gonna lean towards the guys that have actually been playing when it's been actually this season pretty easy to sit it out. I I just I need you to do something for me, Noah. And this is I'm going to borrow Rob Mahoney Mahoney's bit from the ringer. Chris Middleton is averaging 20, 21, six and six shooting 50, 40, 90 mm-hmm. for the team with the second best point differential in the East. And I know that the Bucks have not looked outstanding this season. Can you just confirm that Chris Middleton does, in fact, exist? Oh, yeah, he's he's a player. <laughs> he's and he's been he's been an all star twice. But you could also make the argument that Drew Holiday is the second best player on that team. Or, and if you're going in, and in a season like this, and again, it's not a disrespect to Chris Middleton here. In in a season like this, when as you said, things are just all jumbled, and you're throwing all sorts of things around, I'm going to lean towards a guy who is a number one option on a team. So whether I mean, I think Bam Adebayo should be should be an all star, but if you're going to lean towards a number one option over Chris Middleton, who's a number two, that's that would almost be one of the tiebreakers for me. So that that Zach Levine qualifies there. Yes. Julius Randle qualifies there, and and maybe to a little bit of a lesser extent, Nikola Vucevic qualifies there. Yeah, and and look as Vuce limped off the court as we record this on Tuesday night. Anthony Davis is hurt out west. There there are always injury replacements. Always you you can book it every single year. So as I say, you can book it. So Devin Booker will likely be an All Star. It's just kind of surprising that he didn't make it first over over Zion. That, but either one was going to be an injury replacement. 
it is what it is. I think he's going to be on the all-star team. The Orlando Magic, they're, they're nothing offensively without Vooch. Right. The New York Knicks desperately need Julius Randle. I, I would still have Bam Adebayo in there over Julius Randle. And, and Zach Levine has actually gotten better at the other things aside from scoring. And his scoring itself is just so stinking elite that I think he deserves to be an all-star over Chris Middleton as, as a number two guy. So that was a segment from Locked On Today. Go check them out anywhere that you get your podcast from every single day. They're giving you all the news that you need that's happening around sports. Check them out, Locked On Today, anywhere you get your podcast from, including the radio.com app. I want to say right now about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. It's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. It has six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They're soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. Try them today. My favorite flavor of Built Bar is the cookies and cream Built Bar. They are incredible, truly amazing. Built Bar is a great for a conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Try them out today at BuiltBar.com. And whenever you do that, go to BuiltBar.com and then use promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. And before we jump into this Kristaps Porzingis trade rumor, I want to talk first about Chad Ford's big board. March Madness is only a few weeks away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on this year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Draft Big Board. Draft guru Chad Ford has released his Big Board 2.0 with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, including the radio.com app. Chad Ford does a great job over there, so check them out as uh, we inch closer to March Madness and we get to draft season rather quickly in this condensed season. But right now, Kristaps Porzingis is sitting out with the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, after, a, after a week off, he now has back tightness. And then there was that report that the Mavericks were gauging interest around the league in Kristaps Porzingis. And the feeling on Mavs Twitter is that he's as good as gone, Kristaps Porzingis is. And as we come closer to that March 25th deadline and we get closer to the all-star break area whenever trades start to ramp up and then they really happen around the deadline on deadline day, which again, it's March 25th. As we get closer there, the rumors are going to start flying off the shelves. Now, Oklahoma City promised Christoph Porzingis the year of his draft that they'd draft him if he, if he fell that far. He obviously did not fall that far. Uh, did not get past the Knicks at four. But there's some history there with KP in Oklahoma City. 
there were some trade rumors at one time with Oklahoma City and KP and, and New York. However, I, I don't really see anything coming of this in this iteration of a potential Kristaps Porzingis trade because the Thunder's best offer to Dallas is George Hill and Al Horford and probably the Phoenix pick you know, down the line. That's the best offer for Kristaps Porzingis. And now I, I don't know, and here's the interesting part about this though, is that I don't know what could be out there for KP because he has the massive injury history he has the massive injury risk for the future, and now he's on this massive contract. So all of those things get mixed together, and it comes out with an interesting decision to make if you're a team trading for Porzingis. And then you also do not know where Dallas lands on this, because while Dallas, I think, gets much improved this year if they have Al Horford and George Hill, if I just magically give them to Dallas, they are an improved team in my opinion. And George Hill is under a nice contract you can guarantee next year that does not break the bank. And then you you will have Al Horford's contract on the books. So what does that do for their window? Does that shrink their window to this year? Is their window always going to be open as long as Luka Doncic is there? What happens with their window? Because this was once a young, fun, exciting team that just had to take the next step. You know, KP and Luka, and then they had all the, the other peripheral players. And now, whenever you get rid of Chris Tops and he's on that contract, you have to take back a veteran player. And Al Horford... And George Hill, again, make this specific team, the, the 2021 Mavericks, better. But do they make the 2022 and 2023 Mavericks better? Now, the the decision-making process has helped out a lot for a lot of these teams at the deadline by the free agent pool dwindling. I mean, the only big marquee free agent now is Kawhi. I mean, at, at one time, it was almost everyone in the NBA was going to be a, a free agent. And we talked about the summer of 2021 and how amazing that was going to be and, and how how earth-shattering it could be, right? And now we, we've kind of seen it all go away because guys have signed extensions and, and you know, Chris Paul's not going to opt out. You're going to have Kawhi in there. You're going to have Mike Conley floating around. You know, it, it's it's not what it once was. So that helps you make these long-lasting moves for these next couple of seasons. But is it Al Horford that you want to attach yourself to? Who's played really well this year. And I think I've, I've said since before the season even started that, that it was a it was a Philadelphia problem. It was not an Al Horford problem. But still, he is going to get there in Asia, and eventually Father Time catches up there with everybody. But you have Luca, So, like, it's just how do you balance that 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 act there? Ultimately, I still think that the Mavs can get something better than a first-round pick, George Hill and Al Horford. Even if that would be the best way to maximize this specific team, it's not the best way to maximize the overall window. One of the only huge pluses for Dallas is that Luca is still on that rookie contract, and so you really want to strike while that iron's hot, and this is the time where you can add these massive contracts and not kill you. But is Al Horford, George Hill, in a first-round pick the best you can do? I'm not really I, – I don't think so. I don't think it's the best you can do, even with all the injury history, even with all the injury risk, even with him not playing that well this year, KP. He's not playing that well this year. We've had some moments in some spurts where he showed the flashes of his old self, but ultimately for 90% of the year he's not played all that well. I am fascinated by the story. And of course, Mark Cuban denies it. What is he going to say? Oh, yeah, that's totally true. We, we did gauge it. Of course, he's going to deny it. I don't really care about the, the denying part of it. I think it's legitimate. I think that the Mavericks did reach out to other teams and see what what's the market for KP. Uh, I think that they do have a tiny bit of buyer's remorse, I guess. I think that the, the way Oklahoma City gets involved with this is not by getting KP back, right? But it's by being a third team. And getting in the mix there of, you know, hey, we'll throw Darius Miller $7 million in here. 
and make something work and facilitate something, and we'll just come away with some sort of asset, a second-round pick or something, for our trouble. I think that that's kind of the way that they can get involved. Uh, and it worked out for Cleveland, who just jumped in the fray of the James Harden trade and wound up somehow getting uh, Jared Allen. I mean, that's another move with KP. If he's on, if he really, if he's really on the move and he's really going to get moved, that's a way to hop in there for Oklahoma City and capitalize on that. But hypothetically, if Oklahoma City did trade for KP, uh, the bonus part is, you know, he's under contract, so you don't got to worry about re-signing him. Uh, you can shut him down this entire year, get him healthy, and you basically just do what the Mavericks had to do, right? Like, the Mavericks, they trade for KP from New York, they shut him down, he does not play, and then the next year, they, they've geared their team up with Luka, you know, and they've, and they've got the pieces around them to go compete. That's what you do here. I mean, you shut him down for the year, you, you go and hopefully hit on your 2021 pick, and then you all come back together and reconvene in 2022 when you have a couple high lottery picks and uh, you, whatever, whatever else you can come away with on draft night and KP and SGA and Dort and Basley and all the players that are already in this team, Tail Maldon. You know, you have all those guys already. So that would be the, the pathway for Oklahoma City to be good. It would accelerate the timeline a little bit, and it would be pretty scary because of the injury history. But still... That's the benefit of him being on this team. But I do think, ultimately, if Oklahoma City gets involved in this, it will be because of them facilitating a trade and not because they're the ones benefiting in the sense of getting Kirstop Porzingis back. But I do find that to be a fascinating NBA storyline, just as an NBA fan, of like, here's a guy that can be really good, that can you know be excellent, and he's already on the move. And it's a shame, because I think that that Mavericks team is really fun. I mean, last year, whenever... You know, whenever they were playing the Clippers in the playoffs, they played them really tough, and and KP was a huge part of that. And if KP does not get ejected on a bogus ejection last year, if they don't get hurt, then they take the the Clippers to the brink, and they and they might win that series. So I mean, like it was a fun pairing, and it, it has been a fun pairing, and it seems like it's over, but I hope it's not. I truly hope that they can you know overcome that in. This is just a blip on the radar. But whenever things start coming out like this and it starts to snowball, it does not seem like it'll go away, especially as we're even before the trade deadline. But I'm Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. We will see you tomorrow on Locked on Thunder. To recap the game against the San Antonio Spurs, be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.